are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and today I'm with... Colin McKay. And today we're doing it differently because neither of us have any money. Um, because it's, I don't know, it's snowy, cold and horrible. And um, we're doing this via Skype. So we're not in any sort of bar or pub today. Uh, we're doing it from home. So there's only a 50% chance that one of us is wearing trousers. And that's not me. No, it's not your Is it me? Maybe me? I don't know. <laughs> down. Um, <laughs> to the other one? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so it's a bit different. Um, it's weird to not actually seeing Colin, which is odd. Probably a good uh, thing. But... Maybe a good thing, yeah. <laughs> um, but so we'll hopefully not talk over each other too much. Um, are you drinking anything tonight, Colin? I am indeed, because um, in the, the free beer tradition, the point is that we have free beers. So um, I have got beside me right now a big fat bottle of Stella Artois. That's very classy. Yeah, thank you. It's not really. You... I'm. I can't see you mockery on my face. Oh man, see this is a problem when I can't see you now, I don't know yeah. when you're mocking me. Stella has got a reputation in these parts. For being Bel- Belgium? No, is Stella not the, the wife beer? Oh, I don't know. No, no. no that's, that's sort of like it's a known name, I believe, in the west of Scotland. Really? Yeah. Do, do, do you know why this is? I think it's cheap, is it not? Yeah, uh, it's not cheaper than Bex or anything else. Yeah, I don't know. I remember ordering a pint of it and someone said that to me, and I always assumed it was a well known fact. Maybe this one guy said <laughs> that to me, and I've now taken on his, his actual fact. <laughs> that says it's good, says it for domestic violence. I drink Stella to our judge, it's okay. It's like, okay, okay, then you're free to go. Did you feel Did you feel cheap after he said that to you? Um, no, I mean, I, was, I can't even remember why we're drinking Stella all the time. I think it was before the whole craft beer explosion. Ah, right, uh, okay. Happened. So it was, it was back many years ago. I was drinking it. When you were a mere child. When I was a mere child, yeah. <laughs> a mere, mere child. What are you uh, drinking? I'm, in the wellness, I'm actually drinking a cup of tea because I've got no beer in the house right now. Right, well, is, is it fermented tea? It's not fermented tea, it's tea in a Batman mug. Right, um, is there. Put some whiskey in it. I don't even have any whiskey either, actually. Put some gin in it. I don't have any any spirits at all in the house that yeah. I'm willing to drink. Jill has Malibu in the house, which I refuse to drink point blank because it's disgusting. And you're, um, you're mocking me for drinking Stella? I'm rocking, but, uh, yes, but I'm drinking a cup of tea. But it's, oh. a, it's from a Batman mug, so that makes it kind of cool. Okay, so it's like one beer, one tea in a movie? Yes, <laughs> for this time, yeah. But there's been times when a lot of people haven't been drinking, so tonight I am not drinking. Okay. Um, but we'll follow the same format we always do, Colin. So what have you been watching not at the cinema this week? Anything of interest? Um, not at the cinema. The, the only thing that, that I've really watched is um, a movie that, that some people might have seen before called Pitch Black. The one from like 15 years ago, Pitch Black? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, channel hopping the other night um, and then it came on and then the other night after the other night I was channel hopping again and it came on again so I watched it again so I've actually watched Pitch Black twice this week. You've now watched Pitch Black more than Vin Diesel has watched Pitch Black. <laughs> but do you know what, I really, really, really enjoyed it both times. I remember I remember really liking it first time because it's supposed to be, is it, it's the same world as June, isn't it? Am I right in thinking that? Um, no. I don't think so. No, no, I don't. Maybe I'm, but you could be right, um, but not I that I'm aware I was of. Assume, I know like Reddick's in the same world and stuff as it as well, but I always assumed that there was some sort of crossover between the June world and the pitch black world, but maybe I'm totally making that up. Be a cool story, but uh, you could be. Uh, I think you should fact check it. Cause I, may, I may have to fact check that before yeah, we Yeah, but that, that's but interesting. But um, it holds up really. I mean, it's just saying it's 15 years old now, but it, it really does hold up um, really well. And I think that's. It was like kind of in Diesel's first big exposure 
two. Yeah, I was saying the first. I mean, probably Seven Pro Ryan's the first big proper movie that got me in the mainstream, mm-hmm. essentially. But I would say that's probably the film that put him in the, yeah, into that it, conversation. Yeah, started. That's where he started his kind of action hero, and he became the, the action hero he is now. And he's it, really. I mean, it does the part. I mean, he is. He has Riddick. The part was almost written for him, and it's just yeah. he's made it his own. You, you can't imagine in twenty years' time anyone else kind of filling that gap. I don't think if they ever remade it. He done something recently with the Riddick character. Um, he done, done Riddick, wasn't it? Though? Yeah, they done Pitch Black, um, and then Chronicle they done the Chronicles, um, and then Riddick, and then Riddick. That was something like maybe kind of a couple three years ago. Years ago. Yeah. I think uh, there's a, a new one in the pipeline as well. Yeah, the guy who's an unbelievable amount of franchises, Vin Diesel. So you think about it, he's in. He pretty much he's not the so he's only person in all the the fast. Franchises. I don't think it was a winner. Uh, no, he came back in the third one for like one scene, I'm sure, does he not? I'm not sure, but yeah, he was in Fast oh, and Furious. He wasn't in the second one, mm-hmm. right? he, he said fuck you to Paul Walker in the second one. Yeah, so uh, he's in that, he's in uh, the, 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 the Riddicks as well. Riddicks, in the Triple X thing. That's right, yeah, that's his as well. Um, he's also in the Marvel Universe as well. Yes, he yeah, he is group. He's group, and also I think he was trying to start a Marvel one with that one that came out in two years ago, the Shadow Hunter or Shadow. Oh, the 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 one the, the kind of witches and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean he's Michael Caine sort of. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't remember when, what it's called. I enjoyed that one. I quite like that. Probably the what was it? Not wi- witch hunter or witch finder. Perhaps? Witch hunter. That's what it was last. Yeah, witch hunter, no, yeah, I really enjoyed it, um, and I, I'm I'm sad that it's not became anything more than, than what it is. Um, but no, I, I've got a big kind of man crush on on Vin Diesel, and I think he's, he's really really charismatic and watchable. Um, he's, he's, he's having the rock. I think. They'll make a bad movie, yeah, but it's so much fun watching that bad movie because they're having a good time doing it and they kind of always give everything they've got. So I always enjoy watching them, regardless of how bad the movie is it is in. They make a lot of bad movies, the two of them. They, 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 they kind of know their audience, so they're just going for dumb dumb action flicks. I mean, they're not trying to be intellectuals and they're not trying to... That's a fair point. When, when We'll probably talk about The Rock later on, but when Diesel and The Rock do try and break out of the mould that they've made for themselves, that's when they go into trouble. You know, like when The Rock tried to do Baywatch. Which I've not seen. Um, yeah, yeah that's when he's in trouble. He's, trying to, he's going away from like the whole... Um, he just, he's trying to be like sort of the improv com- comedian, and like The Rock can't do that. Same with Vin Diesel when he tried to do stuff like the pacifier and you know kind of the family friendly stuff. It's yeah. all it's kind of flat because obviously people have, they, his audience are not wanting that and the other audience don't really care about him in the same way. You know they don't care they, they don't really care who Vin Diesel is. Yeah. So it's be a, a dad in the pacifier. Um, I think one of Vin Diesel's best roles um, is in Iron Giant. Yeah, but that's because that's a voice role. It is a voice role, but it's really really, really good. Um, I, I'd like him a lot, and I think he kind of got the kind of part of the role. It, it, it is actually quite good voice work when you try and put Groot as well um, yeah but I, I like him in Private Ryan I think he's excellent in Private Ryan he's only, he's only got a few scenes in Private Ryan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but again he nails that film he nails that character really well really early on and you you, build, you sort of you entrust him at the very start not entrust him sorry you, actually, you feel from him and you, know, you've only got, like, you only get a few scenes with him mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when he is killed off you do feel it you know you don't feel he's just, he's just a nameless soldier you do feel there's something about him yeah I don't <laughs> I've only ever seen Private Ryan once and I don't remember it that well and I've no recollection of Vin Diesel at all in it. He plays, if you remember the film, he's just the one who gets shot by the sniper in the, the little town with the, with the kid. No, but, but honestly, nothing at all. There's not even like a brief kind of synopsis in my, my brain. I would probably insist you re-watch it in Private Ryan before you watch Pitch Black again. Oh, fine. I'm going to watch fucking Riddick next. It's, no, I don't watch it. Watch there's there's a progression here. It's, 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 it's <laughs> Riddick. Um, 
Bendito. But that was my that was my, my non cinematic venture this week was um, revisiting the, the the amazing film that is that is Pitch Black. If you haven't seen it, anyone then really watch it. Yeah, it's it, it's a good film. It done good business, and it's become like a, a cult favorite. I would say. Um, it's, a bit of, it's, a bit of, it's a bit of a cult hit. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. What about you, Richard? Have you seen anything Myself, that's not in the big the big screen? What's one called Intruders? Okay. Which stars Rory Culkin and a couple of other people who I didn't really recognise them, and I don't think they've done much since. But it was released a couple of years ago, and it's about um, a woman who's living in a home with her, I believe it's her brother, um, and the brother dies, um, but she's like severely aragraphobic. Is that when you can't aragraphobic? Uh, aragraphobic, yeah. Oh, she can't go outside. So these people invade her house trying to take something from her. Okay. But even though she can get away at some point, she basically can't but because she can't. she can't go outside. That's pretty. That's a good sale, man. I think oh, it's a horror movie, yeah. Horror movie, yeah. But it's yeah. Kind of, it, 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 there's other stuff that then happens. There's a real turn and a, and a twist in the film that sort of makes it um, kind of different. You know, the hunted become hunter type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, points in it. Um, it's re- it was released in Britain called Shut In, but it's called Intruders in America. That was sort of the main type released in. And I, I really liked it. It's, it's a really, it's a really kind of it was pitched well. It, it had nice kind of darkly comic moments as well. It had some real good kind of like moments of tension in it. It made me feel real shame that didn't get. I mean, I didn't. I never heard of it until it just popped up on my my, my Sky planner thing. Mm-hmm. It's. I, it was on, I know it was on film four. I think it was on film four. Um, and I felt it was a bit of a shame that that's a good, well structured, well done horror film. Got pretty much. I mean, I never heard of it. I don't think you'd ever heard of it as well. No. But, no. but yeah, it get absolutely no cinematic release as far as I can tell. Yet there's been a lot of crap, crap horror films over the last like few years. Yeah. Name a bundle of them that get massive releases, and I feel like it's a bit of a shame that this decent. Not saying it was perfect, nothing would be brilliant, but it was a decent, decent horror film. Like, um, how many, how many Culkins are there? I think there's three Culkins. Is there? There's, there's Macaulay. And Macaulay, there's Kieran. Right. right. Who was the one that was in um, Scott Pilgrim? Who was that? I think that's Kieran Culkin. I think. Was oh, it right? Okay. Okay. I think Rory Culkin's the one who's in Signs. Right. Cool. No, I've got you. I, I've got I you. might be getting Culkins mixed up. Is he the bad guy? Or? He's, nah, it's, it's hard to describe. Without spoiling. Well, okay. Don't don't spoil. But. It's, yeah, if you can try and find it, it's probably still on film four if you get a chance to watch it. I'm pretty um, sure I was browsing like just before we started skyping, and I'm sure I actually seen it pop up on uh, Amazon stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold shut in. It maybe called shut. It maybe called intruders. No, it was intruders yeah. on here. Yeah. I have a little look for it. Um, okay. There's another film called Intruders, though that was released released in Britain called Intruders, which maybe why it's called shut in over here. So just double check when you're getting. Um, other than that, obviously, need you continuing our Xmas advent. Calendar. Yeah, are indeed. Look, right, give give me your countdown so far. So on so the first far, day of Christmas, Richard watched. Oh, I can't remember the first day of Christmas because me and Barry done that last week. But what we, um, what did I do? I remember now. Oh, yeah. We did. We've done so well. The National Lampoon vacation. Yep. The night before. Okay. Who's in the night? Is that uh, Seth Rogen one? Seth Rogen one. Yeah. I haven't really liked that. I remember going to see it at the cinema. Um, that was yeah, last year, was it? Two years ago. Two years. That was really, really good. I enjoyed that a lot. We done almost Christmas. It was a pretty bad family Christmas movie. Never heard uh, of it. Polar Express, which kind of scared me a little bit because it's really creepy animation. <laughs> um, we did the Muppet Christmas Carol at the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done recently. I think last night we did After Christmas, mm-hmm. which is a really good animation. Which you get almost. I can't remember almost no real love from anyone like it's sort of, a really smart really, script though it's funny really smart really funny there's a couple of really really funny lines in it like there's a line when the granddad goes the boy goes to the granddad this is going to be impossible and he sometimes no one time they thought it was impossible for a woman to read and then he just, he just walks away from that just leaves it sitting there nothing nothing like, else uh, you seen Krampus as well didn't you saw Krampus yep. we saw Elf as well we watched one called Snow Day which I'm pretty sure you must have seen I've not actually no 
the one you mean. Kevin Gates one. Yeah, I've never seen it. Is it good? No, not <laughs> good at all. Well, never going to fucking see it. Never going to see it. No. We watched, we watched the Grinch, and the one with uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Which actually, really, I think it deserves a lot more praise than it actually got. Again, I think it's, I think it's a bad film, but Carrey gives like fucking everything he's got for it. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't phone it in at all. Um, but I, don't think, I, I don't think it's a bad film. I think it's not. A, I think it's not. A, I think it's a decent film. I think, it, I think it's a very hugely inflated budget. Um, it probably made people's expectations rise a lot higher than they should have done for it. Yeah, I think well, the problem with these films is, is like it's Doctor Seuss, right? And they've done it with the Cat in the Hat as well. And it's like they're trying to take like a kid's book that's fucking barely thicker than a fucking cigarette paper and make it into a ninety-minute movie. And I think that's the problem with these Doctor Seuss fucking mo- movies that they did. That's a fair point. But then the one they done the animation one, the Lorax, was really really good. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, like, so, I like the Lorax. Yeah. I, I, I really like the Lorax. Didn't like Cat in the Hat to be I thought it was absolutely awful. Yeah. yeah, but no, the Grinch I actually quite like on Sunday. I think it was for Jill's benefit. We watched Love Actually. Is that a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's all set at Christmas. It's uh, based around the Christmas number yeah. one and stuff like uh, that. Never, uh, seen, I've never seen it. I just like to spend my whole time pointing out the bullshit elements of it because most of it is utter bullshit. Do you know who uh, really, really loves Love Actually? It's her favourite movie. Who? Harry Styles. Harry Styles loves Love Actually. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's, that's a, a sad movie. I'm appealing to a tween audience as well now. See. <laughs> um, and currently we're watching Gremlins we've got about 20 minutes to go in Gremlins we've just seen the bit when they're all singing Snow White so how fucking good is Gremlins Gremlins holds up insanely well stupidly in stupidly good all these years on and it's still fucking great still fantastic it's still still, it's, it's still really funny it's still actually pretty scary at times as well like the bit when the mum's taking out all the Gremlins in the kitchen is still pretty brutal it's um, fucking yeah she fucking really brutal um, you get the stuff with like Phoebe Cates telling the story of her dad and things like that. It's a, really, a real darkness to it that sort of um, you don't really expect from a Christmas film. You don't really get in many Christmas movies. And I think it is funny to say this film was released in the summer, but it wasn't released at Christmas time. So it wasn't a Christmas movie, cinematic wise? No. Yeah. no, it was released in the middle of summer, I think it was. like almost like the anti summer movie. <laughs> uh, but it's definitely a Christmas film. It's all set at Christmas. How, how did Krampus hold up? Holds up very well. I yeah. think it's, an, it's a really well done film. Because I remember we were both quite taken aback by the cinema. We were kind of came out really, really happy with, with kind of what they'd done. So, Krampus is a real sort of Gremlins feel to it at times. I think mm-hmm. feel like the last 20, 25 minutes of Krampus, whenever it starts to go ape shit, yeah, uh, it feels like it has that sort of Gremlin spirit to it. Yeah, you know, like you could really imagine we could be right by Joe Dante if if you were. If, I mean, I don't know if I can't remember who directed um, Krampus now. It's um, escaped my mind, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, it feels like it's channeling a bit of Joe Dante there, a bit of critters as well. Um, so yeah, I really dig Krampus, and Krampus works, still works really good. It's a really, really fun film. Okay, all uh, right. I might try and talk Lenny in and watch it with me then. Yeah, Krampus is a good one. Krampus is a good, it's a good sort of almost anti-Christmas film, but still a good Christmas film. Cool. Um, but one of the films I saw at the cinema this over the last like seven days was It's a Wonderful Life, another Christmas movie. So that's a new film that's just come out? Yeah, it's a new film. I think it was made in like <laughs> 42 or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, very... Very much a new film, <laughs> um, directed by Frank Capra. Um, that obviously, everyone knows the story of George Bailey. And I don't. George. I actually genuinely. You don't know the story of, and it's a wonderful life. Is he an angel? No, he is. See, fuck's sake. No, he's not an angel. He is basically a man who lives in a who lives in a town called Bedford Falls. He always wants to try and escape Bedford Falls, Bedford Falls, and go exploring the world. But every time he tries to do so, something holds him back. Um, be it his father's business going under, his father has a heart attack, or meeting a girl or his brother needing to go away something something always seems to hold him back um, and he ends up living in this town his whole life working a job that he maybe didn't want to have in the first place but doing it very well and the whole town comes to rely on him but he is 
unaware of this so there's a moment in the film when things start to hit the fan with George um, and basically he realises he's because of reasons you'll find out later if you ever watch it he's worth more dead than he is alive because of insurance policy so he's going to commit suicide so his family can claim the money so they can get out, there, out of their debts but as he's about to do that an angel appears to him and shows him what the world would be like if he didn't if he was never born right okay town is infinitely worse off without George Bailey in the town. So it's taking a bit, is it just kind of Christmas Carol? It's definitely a bit of Christmas Carol in there, but um, it's obviously Christmas Carol showing you, it's, it's not really showing you what the world's like without Scrooge, it's showing you what the world is with Scrooge, but how he's ruined his life. Mm-hmm. This is sort of showing you, you had a good life, George, and everything that the town is is because of you. But um, if you weren't here, it would be so much worse yeah. it'd, be inf- it'd be infinitely worse infinitely worse who plays the angel I can't remember who plays the angel now I've, honestly, I've, I've seen the film so many times I've forgetting who plays half the people and I, mean, I mean pretty much everyone who's in the film is now dead I'm is, pretty sure. is the angel a little boy angel or a little girl angel no, it's, a, it's like an old man angel oh, alright okay, okay, okay. Um, Henry Travers plays Clarence the angel okay um, he was also in if I think he's known from uh, tons of like Shadow of the Doubt Mrs. Maniva, lots of old stuff in the forties. Dude, you know yeah. I'm not that old, don't you? No, I know you're not that old. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, I think he might be known people at the time. I'm, I'm, I'm not aware of much of his work, unfortunately. But he's very good as Clarence. Um, Jimmy Stewart plays um, George Bailey, so it's probably one of the films that he'll be remembered for. Does it hold up? Well, obviously you've got a slew of Chris movies out now, and you know since then, fucking every year they churn them out. How does it? How does it hold up? Is it? It's a classic, yeah. It's most definitely a classic. It holds up fantastically well. Um, it was lovely seeing it in, uh, on the big screen, um, but with an audience as well. I've not seen it with an audience before, mm-hmm. um, so it was nice to see that uh, you hear little kind of giggles and stuff through the film, and you see people reacting to the film, and that was nice. Cause, like normally, just watch the film at home. It's just it, it's like it's, it's just one of those like you know when they say things like they don't make them like they used to, mm-hmm. and it's, mm-hmm. really, it's one of those shows they don't make them like this anymore. Something that looks kind of low rent, but it was still probably quite revolutionary for its days. Back, back then, yeah. Back then, yeah. Some stuff you go, oh my god, like they, they barely have a zoom lens on the camera. I think they have a zoom lens on the camera. You see it sort of clunkily move from, from like <laughs> a shot to try and close in on something. Um, you've got like, there's a bit of the start when a book's turning the pages, and you can pretty much see the guy's hand turning the pages of the book. <laughs> so it's, it sounds charming, though. It is, but it's, it's full of charm. It's absolutely adorable. Um, what's interesting about it is it's a bit like Shawshank in many ways it, it was almost a, a bust on its release you know it didn't do particularly well mm-hmm. it's only became a success in years following so it's, again like the Shawshank it, it bombed on it not yeah, in fact did it bomb on its first openings and was sort of disappeared from the cinema very quickly mm-hmm. uh, I think one of them is much the same but it's over the last like 60 odd years it became this classic that people like totally identify with cinema which is a bit strange because in the 40s Jimmy would have been a Big name, but I mean, you think the draw would have been yeah, there. Yeah, it's a stranger. I think people saw it as overly schmaltzy. Um, right, it, it's very schmaltzy when you're watching it. Um, but I think that works better now with age. When was um, sorry for being so fucking ignorant. When was the American Depression? When was that? That's the 20s. Was it the 20s? I was going to say maybe it was in the back of the Depression. People just didn't want it to be fucking, you know, no, so the film Christmas. No, so the film starts in the 20s and it moves forward. Right. Uh, right. So, um, the 40s would have been during the war when America was quite flush, I believe. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, think after, I think it's filmed after the war because and, and they actually they reference the war um, in the film. I'm just checking when the film came out, actually. When? Um, was there any... came out in 46. Right, okay. Right. Just after the war ended. Yeah. Was there any um was there any kids there? Was it was there kind of families and stuff for that or was it just an was older it, audience? There was mainly people in their 
fifties to sixties myself. There was like one young couple who were in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was a nice wee mix. But it was like it was a nice wee screen as well. There was about sixty or so people in the screen, so that was it was nice. Cozy. A nice wee Oh, that sounds good, man. That sounds like a nice, a nice warming, a warming Christmas movie to watch, dude. I'm it pr- was. I'm proud of you, you cultured motherfucker. I am. I, I enjoy that film. Um, so, pick one of the ones you saw this week, Colin. What, what, what have you seen of interest this week? Um, else did I see you last week? Um, you spoke about this two weeks ago, so apologies for being a week behind. Um, but last week I had uh, the, the, the pleasure of seeing um, The Disaster Artist. Yes. And quite possibly my film of the year seriously that, that good I thought it was fucking outstanding I'd, honestly I mean I'd, I'd seen the trailers um, and that, I know James Franco's work and Seth Rogen and stuff like that and I thought it was going to be funny I didn't realise how funny it was going to be um, yeah. and I honestly I've not laughed at a movie for a long time the way I laughed at that film it just had me laughing all the way through um, Lorraine was with me she was laughing it was pretty much a packed cinema and Everybody was just roaring away, pretty much all the way through it from start to finish. Um, yeah, I mean, the screen I saw was much the same. Um, it was a pretty busy cinema as well. Also, the audience are going to go and see that film have a certain mentality towards that type of film. I would, I would say, you know, maybe not the daddy's home crowd are not going to go and see the disaster artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the crowd I was in was, was very much enjoying it as well. Yeah. As much as like, I think Franco's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, great directing as well. More importantly, I thought I felt like a, like I think we discussed it a couple of weeks ago. It's a real step up for these guys as filmmakers. You know, they go from you know the Franco, Rogan, all that crew. They've done pretty much decent comedies, like kind of stoner comedies for mm-hmm. the most part. You know, they've made decent, very good money. In fact, excellent money. Yeah. And, and again, one will dabble with sort of the more serious side of you know cinema. Like Rogan's done like Fifty Fifty, yeah. and uh, Franco did what's it called the. Uh, 127 hours and he got yeah. nominated for that he done the James Dean film as well so they've, they've always dabbled with the sort of the side, that side of it but that's because it was, like, it was all them coming together to this film it felt like this was a real sort of this is them putting down a benchmark of this is what we're going to be doing from now on you know more mature intelligent style of the comedy as opposed to sort of maybe going for the easy laugh that we have done in the past yeah what, what me, me and Lorraine were discussing this but what I think is, is a real shame is just how I think it's a film that deserves to be seen by a lot of people and I think it's really accessible to a wide audience I think people uh-huh. would enjoy it they, they, they kind of, as you like the, the, the fucking daddy's home crowd would enjoy it but it just seems to be it's kind of getting kind of tunnelled into this niche movie and it's a real shame that so many people won't get to see it um, I think that's the way it's promoted though of the idea of like it's about the making of a film if you've not seen that film it's almost putting you off going to see it yeah, which yeah. I don't think it does because I've not seen The Room um, or if I have seen The Room I've seen it a long time ago I can't really remember it that well it didn't put me off seeing it so I still got a lot from the film without knowing the intimate oh, and de- I'm the same I've never seen it but I feel like I know what The Room's about and uh-huh. you know, I could watch it and Followed them based on that movie, but the the thing that they done it really respectfully though because I, I mean I think Franco was really funny playing the lead role, but he never lampooned it. Didn't lampoon it, and also it doesn't feel at any point of taking the piss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it looked really really respectful, but funny as fuck just yeah. all the way through it. I, I thought it, honestly possibly my top movie this year. Um, obviously we've got a big one tomorrow, um, but I mean. Like, this shit made me laugh more than Ford did and stuff like that. I was just giggling all the way through it. It was fucking yeah. really, really feel good. I came out just feeling really euphoric. Do you know what I mean? Like, wow, I'd seen something 
pretty special. No, I was much the same. Like it felt like I expected it to be good. I was hoping it would be good, mm-hmm. but I was surprised at just how, how good, good it was. was. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's been really talking about surprise. And sometimes that's the best thing. You know, you, you hope for something good, but then you get like, holy shit, that is fantastic. Yeah, good. to meet the expectations and exceed them. It's not a lot of films do that, and it's such a fucking cracking, cracking film. I'm so glad it did. I think yeah. what we need now, I think that the ultimate justice would be for it to get like a best actor or a best picture, even getting a nod for it. I think just even a nomination for this type of film would be a massive achievement. I think so as well. Um, but it would just be so ironic as well because it's about making what is deemed to be one of the worst films ever made. So that would be a, a, a nice sweet irony in there as well that I would quite enjoy seeing too. Yeah, I mean, I gave it 8 out of 10 last week. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, what would you give it? Um, 9.5, 10 out of 10. 9.5, 10, yeah. so it's up there. It's definitely one of your best of the year so far. Uh, absolutely. It'll be in my top 10 list for sure. Um, top 5 list, and I'm fairly certain just now it's going to be my top movie, yeah. yeah. That'll be something interesting. So, a couple of weeks' time, we'll discuss our top 10 of the year. We shall. Uh, on to the next film I saw this week. Which was? Which was... Um, the Blade of the Immortal. Starring Wesley Snipes? No, it's starring Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Someone asked, you're not the first um, thing is, it's like the girl that's next to me at work to, um, asked that same question. She asked, what have you seen? I said, I'm going to see Blade of the Immortal. And the first thing she does, oh, I really love those Wesley Snipes films. I'm going, no, no, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. not. It is not. <laughs> Then I tried to explain what the film was about, and she still kept going, right, so there's vampires. I went, no, nope, there's no vampires. <laughs> this film has nothing to do with Blade or Wesley Snipes. Um, it's directed Good. by Takashi Mike. Uh, is it Takashi Miki or Takashi Miki or Mike, I think. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. Two eyes, so it might, might, might be Miki. Is he responsible uh, for Takeshi's Castle? No. Okay. Um, is his is, is 100th film directing? Mm-hmm, yep. Man is prolific, if anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much you'll know of him, but I know him from the film called Itchy the Killer. Which I've not seen, I know of it, but I've never actually seen it, though. Ian, our friend Chris, watched that when we were very young, I think we were about 13 or 14, we watched that film, mm-hmm. and it... I think it's Stardust for life because it's a like horrendously good film but horrendously brutal like, yeah. I mean I know it's a cult a proper fucking underground cult film that, that's been yeah. loved and revered for, for a long long time now and it's, it's known for like it's kind of Reservoir Dogs violence and stuff like yes, that yeah. Think, yeah definitely that's what I would compare it to um, mm-hmm. also done 13 Assassins is a really good film and a film edition as well it's a really good flick as well yeah uh, the plot of this film is <laughs> go for it <laughs> Not yourself. It's, it's based on a graphic novel, so from that you can, you can take, take what you will. Um, the main character, played by Tayuka Kamura, who I, I don't know from much, unfortunately. Um, he's done a lot of like Japanese films, and my knowledge of Japanese film is not it's not that high, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays the main character, who is a, a warrior or a samurai who is held in battle, essentially, in the first scene. But he's granted eternal life by, essentially, some sort of witch or guardian angel. Um, from that, he exists in Japan, just sort of trying like, sort of try to stay out of the world, you not know, trying to get involved in the world. He doesn't want to kill again. Because yeah. um, at the start of the film, his sister is killed. Um, but he's brought into sort of a, a true grip situation with a young girl whose father is killed, and she wants to hire him to go and kill the men who killed her father. Okay. So from that, you get a little bit of kind of unforgiving kind of aspects to it. Like I said, true grit, um, and also the young wolf, like lone wolf and cub type thing. You get a sort of a Logan. You know, there's a Logan element, you know, yeah. in, in this year from it. Uh-huh. It is quite possibly one of the most violent things I've ever seen on, on the screen ever. It is quite insane how violent this film is. Is it like is it like Evil Dead violence where it's just over the top blood splatter comedy violence or is no, it quite no, kind of... 
it does at times slice slightly into that, but it's more of like the Kill Bill, House of the Flying, House of Blue Leaves. Yeah. It's more that level of violence, you know, just it's just brutal and un- and just unending. You know, it's just it goes, it just continually just when you think it's stopping, like someone else breaks through a wall and there are fifty people there for them to try and kill. <laughs> you know, there's like just there's limbs flying off everywhere. Everyone losing an arm, a leg, or something in this film. It's just. It's just unrelenting, but so, so well choreographed and so well shot. Hmm. Violence is—it's hard not to look away from it. You, know, you, you are have to, to not not watch it. Have to watch it, sorry. So you're, you're constantly drawn to it. You're constantly wanting to see what's going to happen. Um, but it, it isn't a film for everyone, and it is sometimes it, it, a lot of times very hard to, to stomach because the young girl in it, she's only maybe about I would say 30, maybe twelve, maybe mm-hmm. 11, twelve. She gets the shit kicked out of her as well, you know. So they don't pull any punches with being females, yeah. being young, you know, being old as well, being in some way handicapped. No, everybody gets treated the same. Which is if you're carrying a sword, we're going to try and take you out. Are you going uh, to get your ass kicked? Do you think? Yeah, there's something. There's a moment when a guy has been sliced in half and he's crawling himself bishop style from alien aliens across the battlefield to try and get his sword. Well, it's that level of like insanity in the terms of the violence. Do you think yeah. like violence like this? Do you think it's do you think it's a shock effect, or do you think it is it is an art almost now? No, how, I, how, I think it's done. I think when it's done like this, it's definitely an art form. This mm-hmm. is the difference. I think it's between this and say something like um, like a, I think a film. But like, Rambo, for example, has got a, a, an insane body count, loads of gore and stuff like that. No, it's not Rambo. But see the the Rambo the one the newest one yeah 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 that's just, that just seems like it's a, it's a body count it's they're not really looking at anything other than just how many bodies can we kill off mm-hmm. some of the sort of PG twelve action films you get of late I feel they glorify violence more because there's no repercussion for what they do mm-hmm. it's just they mow down fifty people but there's not a drop of blood right right so there's, there's there's no consequence to the action yeah this that is there's continual consequence to the action of what these people are doing you know at, at no point are you like oh well that looks fun it's like no that looks just brutal yeah it, it's the same way like for example you watch Saving Private Ryan like we talked about earlier on that shows the consequence of war yeah violence is horrible people fucking die and it, you know it's, it's, it's gory and, and fucking wrong yeah as if you play a video game like say Medal of Honor or something or what's the big one that's out yeah, uh, Call of Duty there's no repercussion to the war you know at that point you, you just respawn and you, you go again you know and it doesn't feel there's any consequence to the battle mm-hmm. uh, and you, you could get um, sort of disassociated with it you know you there could you totally go. not care about it um, but no in this in Lane of the Immortal you definitely do feel continually throughout the film that there is it's bad you know violence is bad and it's not yeah. right in any way um, the, the stuff that doesn't work so much is the story okay it works okay I mean it, it, it serves its purpose but at times it does feel I, I won't lie I lost interest in the story I was kind of wondering like, where the hell is this thing going part of that might be to do with it's in subtitles so sometimes you've got to try and piece together something because those aren't, they're done in a literal translation as opposed to what the, the meaning was did you make the calling mistake and sit too close to the screen so that you had to no. fucking look up and down to follow what was going on no, read it watch that. it I didn't make that mistake every no. fucking time I go to these fucking movies I do that I sit so close and I've got to look at the subtitles look up to see what's happening back down to the subtitles and then before I know I'm like I don't know what's fucking happening yeah yeah, it wasn't quite like that, but like because a lot of these times that the um, the subtitles are done is like sort of the literal translation as opposed to what is actually meant, you know. Yeah. yeah. 
Mm. It doesn't really get doesn't really get metaphor or simile when it's trying to tell things. Yeah. Why I really enjoy the, the Miyazaki stuff, the, the you know the Studio Ghibli stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They produce they, it also gets reproduced by like Disney and Pixar, not uh, Disney Pixar line. You know, it's lasted than that and really involved with that. Yeah, we can't say us. I'll just know who's the bad man. The bad man. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. When it's put, <laughs> when it's put back on like when it's redubbed or if it's subtitled on on the, 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 the a, a new audience, mm-hmm. they get the point of what the, the the Japanese version was yeah. not just putting down oh this thing this thing means the snail travels faster than the bird it's like well what the hell does that mean they don't they, they don't do a literal translation they actually ah. kind of get it and fucking give it some some context and meaning as well yeah yeah and sometimes I mean you've seen a few um, like I think particularly Chinese films where sometimes they're translating it from Chinese into Korean and then the Koreans can translate it into English so we're getting like a thud the sub hand translation of it yeah and a lot of it doesn't make any fucking sense at all like, yeah. what was that what we saw it was like the, the, the singing the, the singer was in it, it was oh that was that was Andy what's his name fuck not Andy Griffiths it wasn't Andy Loud no, ah, the, the like, Vegas what, one De- Deaf in Vegas or something wasn't it or Deaf in some exotic place it was that was really funny well, but yeah, one it was the mermaids and stuff in it as well mm-hmm. remember that yeah that was, that was fucking amazing remember that one we seen this for um, just to tell people we've seen this film one time about mermaids getting wiped out from extinction and it was just fucking nuts but it was so so fucking good they were getting mowed down with fucking machine guns and everything that, that was <laughs> that was insane yeah. remember the whole scene with the chef and the octopus or the chef what, the chef was the octopus remember yeah I mean I remember it was, it was pretty insane and obviously one of the highest grossing films that year as well well that's because we went to see it that's we fucking went to see it. <laughs> yeah, but that film was the same problem where sometimes the translation just was like, you're like going what like that just, that doesn't make any sense <laughs> I don't understand um, but you know Blade of the Motto if you're a fan of particularly if you're a fan of something like Tarantino you can see why he would be like this could inspire like you can see where his when he either, and I don't know it's hard to describe was he influenced by this director beforehand and he's made his films like this director or is this director again been influenced is it a circular thing you know yeah. you know that kind of thing no I think Tarantino's been in record the same um, Takeshi Miki is one of his, his his influences for sure so yeah I would imagine but, still- but, but then in honour yeah it can go all the way around as you're saying and become you know Takeshi Miki's now emulating Tarantino as well this did feel very much like Miki like, was honouring Tarantino's Kill Bill at times you know and that's, that's what me it felt like yeah, yeah. Um, and, and nothing wrong with that I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely fine with him doing that definitely I mean yeah if you're going to fucking emulate Tarantino then you know you're getting going to get a good movie out of it so definitely exactly. um, out of so 10 I, so what would you give it 7 out of 10 that's fucking good going man that's purely really for the gore purely because I'm, I'm a fan of that um, right. but yeah just, it was uh, the story let it down a little bit right What? Right. so what annoys me is right because I've not been recently but, but kind of last year maybe in a year before I went to see a lot of, of kind of Japanese Chinese cinema and I was always fucking all always the token white guy in the room. Now I asked you about this, and you said no, no, it was like fucking Caucasian audience. It was there. everybody was fucking was white. What what the fuck's going on? I think it's because when we saw these all Chinese films, this is Japanese for a start. The ones we saw were Chinese mainly. Um, there's not as big a Japanese population in Britain as there is a Chinese population. Mm-hmm. So that would probably that would count for all of it. Also, usually the Chinese film we saw, it was only showing that one day yeah. for that one that that one screening that night. Right. So anyone who wanted anyone who wanted to go and see it would go and see it, and most of that audience would be of Chinese descent. Yeah. Whereas 
this film is actually, it's got a week's run and it's shown three times a day right okay so there's a bit more of a spread there of who's going to go and see it I suppose it, you, you were saying as well it's from a manga comic as well so that's probably kind of bringing your western just because they're kind of manga daft oh. um, just um, on that note when I was coming home tonight in the bus I kind of Instagrammed you know what we were doing and I always put up the wee kind of posters for the movie and yeah. I put in Blade of the Immortal and it took me ages to actually find a movie poster because it was just all anime posters and comic book posters and stuff like that so it was really hard to find a movie poster for it as well it's a shame because I will send you the poster for the film because it's an absolutely cracking poster I found one eventually but yeah it took me fucking ages the one with all the tally marks in the background um, no but I know the one you mean I've it's seen that one poster. yeah yeah um, so 7 out of 10 for Lady Remorse yep. so get your asses out there and see it before it, it disappears because it's going to go fast as I imagine everything can disappear on you know tomorrow when when uh, uh, sets, you know everything's going to disappear at that point in time so um, yeah if you've not seen it by now you probably have to wait for DVD Blu-ray or Netflix yeah um, what I've seen this week um, ahead of time apparently which I just found out today because yep. um, it's not released until next week 20th, yeah. 20th. Uh, was um, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle interesting that's the second from the Rock Spring called Welcome to the Jungle. It is indeed, yeah. The, the, the Welcome to the Jungle one, is that not retitled something else for British audiences, though? No, it's called Welcome to the Jungle in Britain. Um, it's called something else elsewhere. And I meant, right, okay, cool, got you. Um, yeah, so I, I went to see, um, just browsing through, and I seen it was on, and on a whim I went to see Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Um, you get the kids to see it, or just yourself? No, fuck, just me. Um, um, do you give it full credit, directed by, you know, to direct it? Um, James Vanderbeek. No, Jake Casden. No. Of course, there was a Jai in there. It was yeah, directed the film um, Sex Tape a few years ago, which was not very good. Cameron Diaz? Yeah, we also directed Bad Teacher. Cameron Diaz? Yeah, did she pop up in this? Uh, no, she doesn't. Okay. <laughs> um, he also, back in 2007, he directed a film called Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox Story. Oh, I've seen that as well. It's, a fin- it's actually a very funny film. Yeah. Um, but more than that, I would give him credit for he directed a film back in 2002 called Orange County. Which I don't believe I have seen. I find it's, it's um, who's in it? Um, Jack Black's in it. Right, okay. uh, and so is Colin Hanks. Who's quite quite funny as if Colin Hanks. Um, on it Juman- anyway. With Juman- who's in Welcome to the Jungle? Um, Welcome to the Jungle uh, stars uh, Dwayne Johnson, to give him his proper title, not The Rock. Uh, Jack Black, Kevin yep. Hart. Uh, Karen Gillan and Bobby Canava. Uh, is, is it Cannavale or Cannavale? I say Cannavale. Bobby, Bobby, yeah, Ant-Man Bobby. Anyway, Ant-Man Bobby, that's his name. Also, Nick Jonas is in it as well. Someone yeah, who- Nick fucking Jonas. Jonas is in it as well. Um, and it's big boots to fill. Um, J- Jumanji, everyone fucking loves Jumanji. Um, you know, Robin Williams, um, back then it was fucking funny and had a lot of heart to it and special effects were great and all that so this film you know it, it's got a lot to live up to um, and there'll be a lot of expectations on it and it is going to get compared to Jumanji um, the, the original one um, interestingly as well just, just before I carry on um, the film Zafura The Space Adventure is yeah. that part of the Jumanji franchise? Well, it's the same. Zathura's by the same writer yeah. of Jumanji. But it's a similar uh, idea. It's a space game, isn't it? The, yes. Yeah. Also, the, the guy who wrote Zathura and wrote Jumanji also wrote the, also wrote the book for the film uh, The Polar Express as well. Hmm. So he's obviously got that kind of, real, that kind of world. He, kind of, he does well with that sort of world just off the yeah. plane. So he, he knows what he's... He, he, kind of, he has got a stick 
Um, I always took Zathura to be some sort of, if not a prequel or a sequel to Jumanji, but like a sequel. I think. Def- way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely in the same universe. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I've always kind of thought of that as well. But I was just kind of, I thought I'd run it past you to see, see your thoughts on it. Um, so back to, back to Jumanji. Um, so what I've had to do with Jumanji now is um, kids nowadays don't know what board games are they don't fucking care about board games if it's not got four buttons and a joystick kids don't want to fucking know about it um, when did you watch Jumanji event when did I last watch Jumanji uh, original probably in the last two years I reckon okay. not not so, a minute, that's all. Uh, not so long ago um, but so yeah kids now they, they don't want to know about board games so what they've done is, is they've kind of brought it into the modern era uh, and you know basically Jumanji's now a video game um, it reveals how it becomes a video game in the film so I won't spoil it at all um, but it becomes a video game um, and in the video game four kids are playing the video game they get sucked into the real world of Jumanji and each one becomes their playable character in the game um, yep. without without spoiling it um, you know Ke- Kevin Hart's a very small guy his character playing the game is you know a kind of big guy so you kind of going opposites here um, I'm sure you can all figure that out anyway um, like, a, like a teenage girl isn't he? he's a teenage girl who then becomes a kind of middle aged kind of fat professor um, cat. who's she? is she like some she, she's like a kind of shy kind of retiring girl you know is, is kind of a bit underconfident and stuff like that and you know she becomes kind of Karen Gillan who's like kind of kick ass fighter and, and, and stuff like that and and uh, right. The Rock's like kind of nerdy, you know, kind of studying type guy, and he kind of obviously becomes the fucking man mountain that is. The Rock is so fucking big, isn't he? He's yes, just, he's a large, large man. Yeah, I mean, just in the film, quite a lot, he kind of mocks himself as to how big he is because he's meant to be a character playing playing that. And it's just you see him poking his own kind of muscles, and you're just like, how the uh-huh. fuck can one man just be so. It's when you see him standing next to regular humans, you feel like somebody stands next to someone, um, someone normal, and you go, that guy's, or he's some guy, some guy who is quite like Zac Efron and, and like Baywatch is pretty big like yeah he looks, he's buff as fuck but next to the rock he looks like he looks like a tiny tiny little human man mm-hmm. you know it's like even next to huge people he looks tiny but anyway so they get sucked into the game they get time. sucked into the game. game coming to our world they get put into the game correct? they get put into the game um, unfold something bad's happened in the world of Jumanji um, and the point of the game to finish the game they need to kind of undo the evil that's been done to return Jumanji to normal and then get themselves Back to back to their own their own world. Um, really, do you reference um, Ron Williams, Alan Parrish character? Is he referenced in it? Um, he is. I won't again. I won't spoil how. But but okay. yeah, I mean, it gives nods to Jumanji. There's really clear. It's not subtle. You know, it's clear nods to Jumanji. So it knows. You know, it's a Jumanji film, and it's, it kind of makes you aware of that as well. Well, as a sequel, it's not a yeah. No, no, it's definitely a sequel. Um, um for sure. Um, really. Really funny. Um, the four leads work really, really well. Um, Karen Gillan, um, she's a funny girl, so she is. She, yeah. She's really funny. Kevin Hart and The Rock have kind of bounced off together before in um, the CIA film they've done as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack Black, when he's on form, is a fucking funny guy. When he's not in form, Jack Black's a bit meh. But when he's on, when he's on his game, Jack Black's really good. And in this, mm-hmm. he's, he's he's on his game. He gets a lot of really, really, really funny lines. Um, and the four of them just gel really, really well together. Um, CGI and it was Jumanji there's a lot of kind of animals and stuff like that and a lot of kind of people in danger in the most ridiculous circumstances mostly holds up there was one or two scenes where you you know CGI was a bit kind of fucking obvious um, but we're film so CGI Laden, you're going to to get that anyway. Um, You know, I don't think technology is quite at that point yet where it's going to be seamless anyway. Um, So you don't actually mind it so much. 
moves quite well. Yeah, if, if it kind of you kind of get the characters. It gives you the pre characters, then it gives you the avatar characters, and you kind of build on them nicely. You do start to kind of you know feel for these characters, and you kind of root for them, and you, you know how you want things to turn out for them and stuff like that. So it builds the characters well. Um, doesn't labour just shy of two hours, so it's, it seems to move at a relatively decent rate. I, I was just going to say it doesn't. You know, it doesn't really kind of dip anywhere, you know, it'll maybe kind of start to dip a wee tiny bit and then it'll just kind of pick up, you know, a minute or two later, so you're never kind of sitting thinking, hurry up, or you know, something happened at any kind of point, it kind of moves moves nicely from from start to finish. Um, good soundtrack in it, um, so some good kind of rock tunes and stuff like that as well. Is uh, Welcome to the Jungle in it at any point? Uh, I, fuck, was it? I think it was, yeah. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it was at the end, yeah, so I kind of, kind of given that it was. Um, Bobby, is it Cannonville? Cannonville was Cannavale. Yeah. I, I always say Cannavale, he's like Italian. Right, Bobby Cannavone, Um he, he kind of snarls his way through it. Um, he really, really... He, he take it in, yeah? Yeah, he fucking, yeah, oh yeah, and he chews it up. He, he really, but in, in a good way, because, you know, it's, it's a fucking comic book movie almost, you know, so he really does kind of chew up the scenery, but he, but he does so in such a, a kind of sweet way that he's... I don't know what he watch as well. Um, good. For, I'd take the family to see it if you if you've got kids, go with your kids to see it. But as a single man, at least man going to see it himself, um, I felt no shame at all. And there was a few other kind of singletons, and they're watching it by themselves as well. So yeah, it's, it's one you can take the family. You can go yourself. You can go with your partner, and you're not going to feel out of place at all. Um, it's, it's not an amazing film. I'd give it a seven out of ten. Um, it's entertainment. It, you know, you can go in and enjoy it, and you come out, you know, feeling oh, feeling quite kind of happy and you know bouncy. Does it have the same kind of charm as the original, like as the the, the first one? Yeah, I think so. I think it, the, the, a lot of the kind of humour that the first one's got is in there as well, and see, it kind of gives the characters some flesh. You know, they're not just kind of four fucking characters thrust into a situation that you don't care about. They have got kind of meat on their bones, and you kind of do care who these people are and what's going to happen to them and stuff like that. So they do really well kind of building the characters and, and, and making you feel for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, so seven, 7 out of 10, which for a, you know, for a fucking popcorn flick, it's not, not bad, not bad at all. The way it's getting released to me indicates I've not got that much faith in it. What, the Christmas? <laughs> the week after Star Wars comes out. Dude, I wouldn't put anything against Star Wars. Um, Star Wars could be the worst fucking movie of the year. No, but that's, that's my point. If you've got faith in a film like you think you can make big money, you think you could do well, you put it out a few weeks later. If you're quite happy to put it out when Star Wars is on, then you put it out at a time you go, we know it's going to fail, but if you put it out when Star Wars is on, then that explains the failure rather than the actual film itself. I don't know, I mean, I, I, you know, you're the movie dude, I'm, I'm not, I just fucking talk random shit and make sure, but when they're kind of doing movies and stuff like that, when they schedule it, are they then locked in? So say I say I make a film. No, they're not locked in. That's like, for, at one point they're going to be, I think DC were going to release Justice League the same week as Thor. Right. The same day, I so they basically they wanted to had to blink and DC blinked and they brought theirs, um, they put theirs back a couple of weeks to give Thor a couple of weeks to get stuff out mm-hmm. and build up audience for that and then they released um, Justice League a couple of weeks later. So that's what I would have thought. If you're bidding a film in the week, the, the same week that Star Wars came out, it might attract a similar audience, you know, that sort of same youth, that's it, that sort of same age bracket. Mm-hmm. You're indicating you've not got as much faith in that film as you have, say, if you put it out in October. I don't know, maybe, maybe they're just balls, maybe they're just like, do you know what, fuck it, people, but do you know what, see, see the thing about just now, um, just just when you were talking there and I was just kind of turning over my head, I think more families will go and see this than Star Wars. No, Star Wars is going to take, Star Wars covers all the bases, the film, the film is out in the same week 
that'll compete with Star Wars and might take some sort of audience away from Star Wars is Pitch Perfect 3 because the audience are going to go and see Pitch Perfect 3 are not going to go and see the majority are not going to go and see Star Wars they don't give a shit about Star Wars apart from us apart from us because we like Pitch Perfect but <laughs> the, um, the majority of the audience of Pitch Perfect will not be a Star Wars audience the majority of the Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle audience will be an audience for Star Wars and if you're say taking it if you're like mum, dad two kids you're only going to see one film in December because you've only got that budget because you're skinned for Christmas I you're think go, I think you're going to go and see Star Wars I not don't know Christmas. I think smaller kids I think kids up to the age of 10 because of The Rock and his popularity I think they would want to go and, honestly I generally think I know my kids um, that their mum took them to see Jumanji because they wanted they've not once asked me about Star Wars couldn't give a fuck I honestly think kids under 10 will probably have more draw to Jumanji than Star Wars I think it shows a little bit of lack of confidence in the film releasing this time Yeah. Um, because I think it's just it's it's, setting, it's it's allowing itself to fail but they've got an excuse to fail do you think that's why they've done the previews so early? possibly as well yeah, yeah. try and get the previews out there to try and maybe get some hopefully some good word of mouth for people maybe go and see it people you know maybe even hold back a little bit to go and see to see it but I still think it's going to get buried very quickly in the, the Star Wars I mean everything will get buried in the Star Wars yeah yeah. It, I think it'll, this this one's going to suffer the most because it always, in this film I'm guessing I haven't seen obviously yet but I'm guessing did it, did it try and set up some sort of sequel prequel or sequel to the film um Oh. It's left open enough that there's, there's an option to, to continue the story on. I actually don't think it. I'm trying to think. I don't think it does. Um, uh, oh, no, it does. No, it does, yeah. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does, yeah. Right, so, <laughs> they want to make a sequel. They want to make a universe of this film. I'm not bashing the film. I've not seen it. I don't know yet. But if you're putting it out in the same week as the same, like, two weeks of Star Wars, mm. you're not going to make that massive money that you've got to make in order to make a sequel viable. You know, because this film, I'm guessing the public budget would run about the 150 maybe maybe 175 million yeah maybe yeah. on that level if that's the case and it's got to make essentially 500 million but it will because the rock's in it and the rock could fucking you know he could fucking start on a fucking ferry washing up like that we don't make that amount of money so I think it will yeah, based on because, the start power of it no because Baywatch didn't make that money and he was in that but that's because um, I didn't go and see it didn't go and see it also yeah. San Andreas did not make that kind of money either I did go and see that they're making a San Andreas too yeah um, they're yeah. doing a, a sequel to that the Rock has got pulling power, there's no doubt about it, he has got something, um, but it's not got the same level of pull as you know, Star Wars, and it's, he's not that, he's not going to make a $500 million movie when he comes out, you know, yeah. even something like Fast and Furious, that's not built on just him, that's built on a, a whole raft of people in it, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's an existing, continuing franchise. Yeah, yeah. Um, just before I wrap up on, on Jumanji, um, if you've not seen it already, there's a really charming wee video doing the rounds just now on the usual social media um, and it's the four of them Karen Gillan Jack Black Kevin Hart and The Rock um, Dwayne Johnson sorry he doesn't like being called The Rock anymore um, at a premiere and they're talking about how they've been learning their Scottish accents off Karen Gillan and it's, right, it's, it, I mean, it's only like kind of 30 seconds long but look it up tonight if you can it is, it's really really cute their the fucking accents are dreadful um, but yeah, yeah even Jack <laughs> it's really 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 funny but it's just short and sweet man it's, especially when you're Scottish you always kind of like to see people mocking your own accent um, but no it's, it's really really cute so try and look up it's, it's 30 seconds of your time if you want to regret it it's, it's, it's good fun nice one yep. yeah, I'm trying to find the budget for Welcome to the Jungle right now and I 
Yeah, you you go for that. I'm just going to talk more about about the Rock. Um, yeah, so so in in the film, there's a lot of kind of self realization the kind of geeky guy becomes the Rock. You know, and he's so aware of his own body. And there's just a part where you know he's looking at his forearm and he just double takes his own forearm, and it's like the man's forearm is like my fucking waist. It's just it's yeah. just fucking godlike and his fucking stature he's just he really is a monster he really do we think he, the world's going to get bored of that shtick soon I don't know I mean how long do we have Arnie around for and he's still fucking doing the rounds action yeah, heroes Arnie have a long to, shelf life Arnie had to sort of branch a little bit in order to continue on he always goes and I don't think The Rock has been that successful when he's tried to branch too much. Mm. Have you so ever he's... seen um, a film called Walking Tall? Yes, I actually really like that film. And he's good in that. He, he, he's got chops as well. Um, what was it? Was, in, was it a Southland no, Tales? Was it was in Southland Tales as well? Yeah. So like a, again, and he was interested in that. He's not doing that indie kind of stuff anymore. He's now doing the bit. He's now pitched himself as the next, the next artist, essentially. So he's doing stuff like this. He's doing. Like the and he's doing is it Tower Block or something? No, not Tower Block, but like Towering Inferno or something. They're doing a remake of that. So he's doing stuff like that, and he's hmm. doing these big, massive, over the top budget scale movies. That he doesn't really have to do much. I'll just turn up and just wander around being the Rock. That's yeah. pretty much all. But I don't know. I think, but he's got the range in there. So I think when he does eventually think, do you know what, I, I can do more. I think he will. Um, interestingly, we'll just talk about what else he's got lined up. Um, Black Adam as well. Well, maybe. Um, well, apparently they've announced there's going to be a Black Adam standalone movie, and he's yeah. going to be in the next um, Suicide Squad as well. Yeah, but DC have announced about five hundred thousand. <laughs> what do I actually do? It is a different story altogether. When cameras on these things, just assume they're not getting made. Yeah, yeah. Until it's fucking actually I in the can. On say, yeah. Yeah. Did you get a budget for it? No, I could find it. But I'm, I'm going to bet 150, 175 million. Possibly even more, because that's a lot of fucking names in there. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, exactly. Oh, Reese Darby was in it as well. Nice. Yeah, so Reese Darby is, if you've not seen it, what we're doing in Shadows. He plays a werewolf and Flight of the oh. Concords. He's the band's manager as well, New Zealand guy. Um, I didn't recognise him at all in this because he had a ring accent and stuff like that. And he's looking a bit older now. And it was at the end I realised, fuck, that's Reese Darby. He's in the XL TV show recently as well. Oh, was that too? That's cool, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's us for, for the this week. Have you seen anything else? Uh, no, um, but guess what I'm going to see tomorrow. You're going to see Star Wars tomorrow, as am I. I I'm going to see Star Wars tomorrow. I'm so fucking excited to be seeing Star Wars tomorrow. Let's um, hope it's something interesting. It's, uh, do you know what? Even a bad Star Wars movie is a good movie. Um, I'm glad you said that because that means we can now say categorically that episodes one, two, and three are good films. Well, aye, but aye, they're not bad films. It's definitely, I mean, I could pick at them all day long if I had to, but no, I've never ever said they're bad films. I've, I'm the only person that's ever maintained that The Phantom Menace is the best one out of the fucking lot. So, yeah, I think I've the best one out of the lot. Yeah, but that's okay, you can think that. It's not true. We could do a Star Wars special. So, but we're talking about Star Wars next week, aren't we? Well, we talk all the Star Wars next week. Also out next week, the only film that's competing with Star Wars mm-hmm. in, in its opening weekend is the film Ferdinand. Which looks cute as hell. Um, yes. Ferdinand is DreamWorks' latest venture into the, the animation for it. Um, with and, a bill. And why is it out in the same week as Star Wars? Because the audience for Ferdinand is not the audience for Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ferdinand's one about a pacifist bill, isn't it? He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to fight, and you know. Exactly. I suppose, suppose any bill wants to go into fucking the ring no, and get stabbed to the, death. And the history of Ferdinand is actually very, very interesting, which we'll get into next week. Um, to give you the full history of the Ferdinand character, but it's very, it's actually a really interesting story. 
Okay, cool. I'm, in, I'm intrigued now because I'm just like it's a cart and a bit of fucking bill, but you know. No, there's, there's a lot more to it than just that. Is it dark? There's a dark history to it. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it all next week. Oh man, okay, right. <laughs> I'm okay. kind of looking forward to it. Um, so I'm just going to wrap things up with the usual fucking shameless fucking promotional nonsense that we like to do every week. So um, you can find us on all the usual social media outlets. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Gmail and uh, you can find us by typing free beers and a movie that's at gmail.com um, on Twitter is free beers and a movie Instagram free beers and a movie so like us give us some comments some feedback let us know good bad and different what we're doing right wrong and just give us some give we'll turn in for tonight we certainly will um, it's been a pleasure sir you've been Richard Laird I've been Colin McKay and you've been listening to